Good morning, and welcome to Stony Creek. I'm Dave Monson, liturgist for today, welcoming our people who watch over the YouTube and Facebook and call in tomorrow. God bless you and be with us. I'd like to introduce Pastor Jenna, who is from the Ann Arbor First United Methodist Church. She will be our preacher for today. Are there any announcements? Of course. <laughs> All right, if you guys don't know by now, with my background in early elementary little kids, I do visual aids. Here's your visual aid. There's extras out on the podium where you can get your announcements because there's so much going on here and I'm sure I'm gonna forget something. So hopefully this will at least get me started. So, um, and if I could get down on my knees for this first one, I would, but it's an ugly sight, so we're not going there. We need Sunday school teachers. We have the Sunday school kickoff is on September 17th. Um, Kristen Adansky signed up for the little kids for the first one, and Sarah will be doing the older ones, but we need them for people for other Sundays, too. And the sign-up sheet for that is on your way into the fellowship hall down this hallway beside the bathroom. There's a sign-up sheet. We, we are signing up, let me tell you. We got sign-ups up, uh, up, uh, up the hill. Um, so sign up for the bake sales in the rear of the church for the rummage sale. Sign up sheets to help work at the rummage sale is at the back of the church. The rummage sale is on September 16th from 9 till 5. The six-foot banner is going out in front of the church this week. The 27th of September is um, lunch at Cracker Barrel. The sign-up sheet's back there. Then on Saturday, the 30th, we're going to have a campfire with a hot dog roast and potluck. And we have lots and lots and lots and lots of books. So pre-sale, they're in the fellowship hall. Paperbacks are a quarter, and hardcover books are 50 cents. And it will probably be continually restocked right up until the day of the sale. And I want to thank Gina and Fonda and um, Bill Sufal and Kristen Adamski because we went over this week also and did the pantry at Bishop. And so that's all set up and ready to go. So as you can see, we got a whole lot going on. And that's why you have a sheet to remember it. You'll probably be getting weekly reminders. So. Uh, and we're going to try and get this sign up after church if any gentleman would like to help Jim. He has the things that go in the grommets and lathes and to go out in front of the church. I'm done. I, I think I'll just sit down now and you guys can carry on. Anybody else have any announcements? Yeah, I would like to uh, say that I have today covered by a couple of nice looking people. Uh, but uh, still September is not covered. I've got the next month covered, and then we're waiting for the end of the year. So we just need some more people to take over the usher part of it. Thank you. Okay, I'll turn the program over to Teresa, who will lead us in the praise band. Okay, 
We've got an exciting song for today. One song, it's a little bit longer, so I would encourage you to sing out, but go ahead and you're welcome to remain seated for this one. It's number 56 in the red folder, so please find a red folder near you in the pew. And I think our friend Barb has used a lot of vocal energy, so we need you to sing out to help us so that we can praise, praise God in this way.
please join me in our opening prayer. Even from a place of exile, from a position of despair, we trust, O oh God, in your power to return and restore us, to enliven and compel us, to soothe and to save us. You can turn into us sorrow into joy and silence into singing. The heavens may vanish, but the earth may fall from your sleep. But your salvation is forever. We wait for you, O God, tentatively and hopefully, for you, deliverance is always possible. In Christ we pray, amen. As we come into this time of offering, it is such a cool thing to be from a, another United Methodist Church, to be at this United Methodist Church. The connectionalism of us is part of what we're doing when we are doing things like an offering, an offering of our money and our time and ourselves and our stories. Because this is what it means to be the church. It means to be here in this community, and it means to be in all the other places where there are United Methodists, where there are Christians, where there are people who are needing the church at large.
giver of all things, receive these gifts that they might become yours, your work, your justice, your hope in the world, and that they might pull us a little bit further into being who you wish us to be in all of the integrity and love and hope that that gives. Amen. You may be seated. So in the bulletin, it says that this is a time for all God's children, which I'm assuming means all of God's children, which is everybody in the room and everybody who is online. So we're going to ad-lib this a little bit. Work with me. So, hi, I'm Jenna Waggy. Um, and one of the things that I do also in connectional spirit is that I work one week a year at what's called Camp Beloved. It is up in Lake Louise, which is at the very top of the hand. And um, it is teenagers, high school teenagers, and they're ridiculous. I don't know if you know any teenagers. There are a lot. So one of the things that we do is called Fireball. It happens at night, and I make the kids talk to the other kids, so I have to do less. Um, but I have them do their speeches, and they're always really nervous about it because everybody hates public speaking. And there's a moment at the end of it where they're really fidgety because they declared, oh, I, okay, I'm done, but they don't know what to do yet. So I've, just, I've trained the kids to say at the end of it, go you, and you have to do the weird shoulder thing. Um, so we're going to try that with each other. You don't have to do the shoulder thing if that's going to hurt. But all right, on, on three. One, two, three. Go you. We'll work on it. So, so the thing of it is that like, we all have little tips and tricks that we do in order to get ourselves to do a thing. When we're down, when we're frustrated, when we're whatever, we all have those moments where we just need somebody to say, go you, you're doing the thing, you're doing right. So I'm going to put you on the spot. What are some phrases or some things that people say to you when you need to have a pep talk? What are the things that work for you? You got this. I love that on Facebook they've now made that into like a little uh, firework emoji thing. If you click on it, it's hilarious. Yeah. When the when the grandkids say I love you. Not bad, not bad. What else? Yeah. Once you get it started, then it'll be easier. Once you get it started, then it'll be easier. I wish for that to be true every single time. And I keep telling myself that. One day I'll believe it. I'm like Charlie Brown with the football. Yeah. A hug. Aw. Nice. Some people are huggers, yeah. Anything else? So as we're looking at this, this life of faith that we do together in here, out there, online, everywhere else, look for the people who are your go you, your you can keep doing this, your huggers, your I loves you, you, you know, all the people who are cheering for you. And look for where you are that for somebody else. Because we all have those days where we're like, we can't. We, we just can't give up. I'm tired. I want to stay home. I don't like people. <laughs> 
And we need the folks who say, yeah, you can though, you do like people, you are, you're just having a rough day. So find those folks in your, in your life, you can keep thinking about them as we're going through the rest of the service, and realize they are God's gifts, because God too is saying at the back of, his, of all of us, go you. In the delight that we have as those children of God, as the people who are being told you can keep going, we gather together in this prayer that we were given. And it is a gift to be able to say it together. Do you pray with me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Rise as you're able, and let's sing the hymn, Stand Up and Bless the Lord. bring in joys and concerns today? Uh, I'd like to ask for prayers uh, for Dan. Um, we were watching those two lovely little grandchildren outside last night because Mama and Daddy were at a function in Detroit. Dan decided at 74 that he would play football with Connor. This is not something 
a man of that age should do, and he forgot about the hill in the yard and went flat out and landed on his side. And we don't think it's a cracked rib. We may end up in ER yet. Uh, could be a bruised rib. Um, the children were crying. The dog was upset. And I just kept saying, it's okay. It's okay. Papa's okay. So prayers that it's not anything serious. And for goodness sakes, don't let anybody that's a senior citizen go out there. Toss the football. Don't play football. Um, I'd like continued prayers for Sandy Scalise. She is in the hospital. I don't know if everybody knows that or not. She went in a few days ago, but she's going to be there probably two or three more days. They're trying to adjust her medicine. Her blood pressure is really low, and that's causing her not to move around and problems with that. So they're working to get the pressure back up. And Jim said... Last night, she's not in a very good mood. She wants to come home. She can understand what's going on. But um, I told her that everybody was going to be praying for her, and Sandy, we are. So um, the other thing is I want to wish this guy a happy anniversary. It's 63 years today. I would like prayers for my cousin who lives in Nashville, um, Scott. He was diagnosed with cancer, and um, I talked to him, and he would like. He said he would like to have our church pray for him as well. So um, just keep him in your prayers. And then my joy today is I have a very special friend here with me, Donna, um, who has deep roots here at Stony Creek. Um, her uh, Father, Don Mall, I don't remember him, and then her mother-in-law, um, Leola, Leona Winkle, was here. She sat right over there every Sunday, and then her daughter, Laura, ran the daycare here for years. So, and then Donna went here herself as a, um, earlier in her life. So, anyway, um, we're ha I'm so happy to have Donna here, and I know Pastor Michael will be thrilled He's been visiting with Donna and um, her family. So um, I just want to say thank you for coming. I hope you enjoy it. I've been thinking about what to say. Um, not sure the order to put everything. But we sold our house and um, Last Friday was my last day at Stony Creek Daycare. I was happy and sad at the same time. Um, we are moving to Clio to live with Nick and Stevie for a little bit till we find a place to live. Um, so I'll be with Emma, which is exciting. I'm still going to come back on Sunday and be with my church family. It'll be a little bit of a drive, so you may have to pray every Sunday morning that I get here on time. Going back here, I just, oh, excuse me, here's Fonda, let her talk. I'm just asking for supportive prayers for my son Christopher, 
and that his surgeon that replaces his hip is good, and um, I'm confident God will be guiding his hands. So just a thought. That was Chris, my oldest, and it's Tuesdays having hip replacement. Uh, I'd just like to uh, say all of us should have prayers for the people that are still out of power. Uh, my granddaughter lives up in Ecorse Road there near uh, Harris Road, and she's been out, and they also had the basement flooded, and they still haven't powered, and that's where I think Katie Bonnier is at right now. So uh, we need to have our prayers for all the people that uh, aren't back in service, and we're fortunate ourselves to be here. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to say thank you to the church and the Lord that we're still alive, that our house isn't rebuilt. You know, it takes time. I don't know when we'll be in. They seem to be moving backward more than forward, but we're trying not to judge them too much, I guess. Uh, <laughs> thank you for everybody that's offered their prayers for us. We appreciate it very much. We're chugging along. I might say is uh, I was up north golfing for one week, and I was in South Haven for the family picnic, the next one, and then you know what happened last Sunday. Uh, Will was the only one that came to church last Sunday, and he brought some squash, and uh, we took care of those okay. So we're glad to be back here, I am anyhow, for a Sunday morning. Join me in prayer. Holy One, we thank you for your presence with us that endures forever. For all of the ways in which you invite us into your community and all of the ways in which you help us to create our own. We thank you for those who come back to visit church and to find family here. We thank you for those who have gone out and found themselves elsewhere and remind us that we are connected across the world. We thank you for ongoing work in houses rebuilding and in anniversaries and in good surgeons, and we recognize that in all of these, there are things for which we are less thankful. We ask your guidance for the surgeons. We ask your patience for the houses. We ask for your healing for those who are in hospital, for those who are headed to the hospital, for those who are uncertain whether they should be going. In a world where every day some division or strife arises, we pray and know that you hear us, your human creation in the world you have set us, by your holy breath, comfort the lonely, Lord. Bind up the brokenhearted and those who mourn. Calm the fearful and rejoice with those who celebrate. Be present to those who call on your name. To those that we have named here, aloud to each other, and to those whose names we keep in our hearts, those whose concerns are known only to you. For all of those who are still waiting on power,
for all of those who have retained it, for the joys and the concerns and all of the places in which you walk beside us, Lord, we thank you. And in the name of the Christ, we pray. Amen. Join me in the prayer for illumination. Lord, our God, your name and your word are exalted above everything. We are listening for your word. We are looking for your light. By the power of the Holy Spirit, renew our minds and hearts so we may discern your will and respond in faith. We pray in the name of your Son, our Savior. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning is from Psalm 138. It's of David, and we'll do verses 1 through 8. I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart before the gods. I will sing your praise. I will bow down toward your holy temple, and I will praise your name for your unfailing love and your faithfulness, for you have exalted your certain decree that is surpassed by fame. When I call you, you answer me. You gently embold me. May, the, may all the kings of the earth praise you, Lord. When they hear what you have decreed, may they sing of the ways of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord is great. Through the Lord is exalted. He looks kindly on the lonely. Through lofty he sees them from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. With your right hand you save me. The Lord will vindicate me. Your love, Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hand. This is the word of God for the people of God. As you're able, would you stand for our next hymn, Be Still My Soul, on page 534 in the hymnal.
Our preaching text this morning comes from the 51st chapter of Isaiah, verses 1 through 6. Listen along with me. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were hewn. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who gave you birth. When I called him, he was only one man, and I blessed him and made him many. The Lord will surely comfort Zion and will look with compassion on all her ruins. He will make her deserts like Eden, her wastelands like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and the sound of singing. Listen to me, my people. Hear me, my nation. Instruction will go out from me. My justice will become a light to the nations. My righteousness draws near speedily. My salvation is on the way. And my arm will bring justice to the nations. The islands will look to me and wait in hope for my arm. Lift up your eyes to the heavens. Look at the earth beneath. The heavens will vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment and its inhabitants die like flies. But my salvation will last forever. My righteousness will never fail. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'm originally from Indiana, which means part of my state-mandated education growing up was watching the film Hoosiers. It's a 1986 feel-good sports celebration for those who haven't seen it. It stars Gene Hackman as a washed-out coach who takes a motley bundle of high school boys to statewide fame in basketball championship. It's considered one of the best sports films of all time, which didn't really impress my seventh grade self. But part of its charm is the sports film 11th hour pep talk. By speech standards, the one in Hoosiers is a short thing in which Gene Hackman gathers his disheartened players at the regional finals in the locker room. Forget about the crowds, he tells them the size of the school, their fancy uniforms, and remember what got you here. Focus on the fundamentals that we've gone over time and time again, and most important, don't get caught up thinking about winning or losing this game. If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says at the end of the game. In my book, you're going to be winners. Cue the triumphant orchestral score. Of course they win. This summer, Pastor Michael has been leading you through a series on family reunions, and it may seem that we're pausing that to wander over to the prophet Isaiah, but this is really a continuation. It's just that the family has gotten a great deal larger. In today's verses, the family is the entirety of Israel, reeling from the fear and uncertainty following the Babylonian exile, a period in which the kingdom of Babylon burned down the temple and the infrastructure of Israel and carted off the leaders of society in disgrace. After several generations, the people of Israel come together on the long-dead ashes of who they had been, a family reunited in grief and uncertainty. 
Professor Ingrid Lilly writes, Isaiah's sermon deals with Israel's specific disorientation at the loss of Zion. Zion is God's dwelling in Jerusalem. Zion is a physical place, a material temple, an Israelite mountain. But Zion is also a sacred space that marks the heartbeat of Yahwism. Zion is God's presence with Israel. The destruction of the temple destroyed this sacred space and eradicated the presence of God. For the exiles living in Babylon, the ruined Zion must have seemed worthless. It's a pretty sad tone to set for a family reunion, really. But God, through the prophet, says, listen to me, and proceeds to give what is essentially a promise slash pep talk, although far more poetically than Gene Hackman. The Lord will surely comfort Zion. My righteousness shall never fail. The rhythm of this short speech and that of Hackman's call to winning actually share characteristics of the best kinds of motivation because both the basketball players and the Israelites needed it. In 2017, the the Harvard Business Review published an article on the science of pep talks saying that they all boil down to three main elements, direction giving, expressions of empathy, and meaning making. Direction giving is what it sounds, the giving of direction, not necessarily like an Ikea manual or a map quest, but in terms of uncertainty reducing language, the reassurance of what's important and what the task is at hand so people can lower the anxiety a bit. Forget about the crowd, says Jing Hackman. Focus on the fundamentals we've gone over. His players know they know how to play. They've been putting in all the work, all of it practicing over and over and over and over again. There are montages. I was very bored. They've been honing their bodies and their minds to this sport. And here in Isaiah, God reminds the people of Israel, look to the rock from which you were cut. Look to Abraham and Sarah. Listen to me. Instruction will go out from me. Lift your eyes to the heavens. These verses are chock full of imperatives, commands for the people to refocus on the long history of who they were before the exile and how God never left in any of those years and won't leave now. They only have to listen, look, know that God is leading them back to themselves and forward to all of the ways they're still becoming a blessed nation. The second piece, expressions of empathy, recognizes that the person needing the pep talk is a person who feels sadness and anger and fear and hope and all the other deeply human things that we hold. Don't get caught up thinking about winning or losing, says Hackman, aware that his players are locked in their minds with the worry that they won't be competitive enough at this level, unaware that all of us in the audience are only thinking about winning and losing. The Lord shall surely comfort Zion and will look with compassion on all her ruins. The prophet knows that a little compassion will go a long way when it wasn't just buildings that got burned. Joy and gladness will be found in her, he says. Thanksgiving and the sound of singing. How good to think of the possibility that joy isn't gone forever. 
how hopeful that singing could be a thing they desired to do again. The third thing, meaning making, like direction giving, helps people take what's going on and fit it into their experiences so that they can tell themselves and others the story of what's going on and what comes next. Why is it important that the players go into the game with their heads held high no matter whether they win or lose? Why was it important to make a seventh grader sit through the film? Why is it important that the people of Israel not get lost in their sorrows and their what-ifs and their it-used-to-be's and their if-onlys and instead look to the work that God is still doing? Because one of the most important things to take away from this passage in Isaiah, especially we who are Christians, we who are in the 21st century, we who are a people for whom this text was not originally written, we who are an audience they could never have dreamed of, is that in, it, God is indeed still at work. God didn't leave at the exile brushing off holy hands and exclaiming, well, that didn't work, better luck next time. God didn't look at the returning people weeping over the ruins of their temple and say, well, we tried, good game. My justice will become a light to the nations, God says, inviting the family of Israel to be the first to shine it. My salvation will last forever. My righteousness will never fail. Even when the earth itself falls apart, says these verses, God is not done. God's invitation to be part of the unfolding kingdom is still extended. So God isn't actually a basketball coach or a motivational speaker, as much fun as it is to put God in those roles. We can use frameworks like this to understand our text, but we must move further into the reality of relationship because the story keeps going beyond that triumphant orchestral swell. The ending credits do not stop the story of God. God can issue all the lovely poetry that we like, but there has to be the follow-through as we who come to this text thousands of years later may be looking at our own lives and be in desperate need of a pep talk, of empathy, of direction in a way that no pretty speech will cover. We look at our world and we may wonder, where is the justice, the righteousness, the compassion? Where are the wastelands being made into gardens? There are still so many deserts. And this is where we encounter the reality that if faith is indeed a relationship, we have to work at it too. What are our stories of when God was present hewing us out of a quarry, creating many out of one simple beginning? What are our moments of grace and comfort and compassion that may not be as obvious in this season, but were as bright as the sun before? What is the reassurance of God's presence in the past that we can use to hold on to for this time of the present so that we can get to the future? And how are we taking on the reality of gardens, of righteousness and justice? Christ calls us to the work of mercy and love and to transformation, not as passive recipients, but as active family members, 
people who know that life and life abundant is a gift that needs to be given. Through what big and small acts of kindness are we part of the promise that God's righteousness will never fail? Maybe it's helping to set up for the hidden treasure sale. Maybe it's hosting a trunk at trunk or treat so that kids know they are safe and loved and welcome. Maybe it's taking on a new role in the partnership with Bishop Elementary School. Maybe it's taking that first tentative step into teaching Sunday school just once. Maybe it's donating supplies to, to and praying for the workers of the organization after the storm, which is the Michigan United Methodist outreach that's currently working with those who are affected by the storms of last week. Maybe it's coming up with an entirely new ministry, listening for the ways in which God calls this church to justice, to righteousness, to the healing of a battered world with the incredible power of hope. Gene Hackman says that he doesn't care what the scoreboard says at the end of the game, which is true in that he as the coach and we as the viewers care a lot more about whether this team plays with dignity and integrity. It is important to be who we are in the game, but it is also important to listen. Listen to me, my people, says God. The exile will not break you. The destruction of others will not erase you. The story is ongoing. Keep going in prayer and thanksgiving with all the range of sorrow and grief and joy and hope that you have, for God is not done yet. May your heart be healed from whatever exile has broken it. May your eyes be lifted to the God, God who still calls you by name. And may your hands be open to the work of being a child of God, bearing the love of Christ in the world. Amen. Rise as you are able in body or spirit to join in the hymn, Trust and Obey, in the Red Methodist Hymnal.
Are there other things that need to be shared before we go into the world to serve? Cool. Hear these good words then. God is not done with you. God is not done with the church. God is not done with this community. God is not done doing the wondrous miracles of turning deserts into gardens, of water that flows, of righteousness that never fails. There will be days that doesn't feel true. And yet, we gather together with each other and we know, we remind each other that it is. Even if it takes something as ridiculous, it's saying, go you! Because you can keep doing this thing called faith. The God who called you to it has not let go. Go in peace and faith and righteousness and hope, for the God of all these things goes with you. Amen. Mm -hmm.